It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. If you're in the holiday spirit, what about maybe I invite you to do something near and dear to my heart and consider donating to Clark's Christmas Kids, our annual campaign where we take care of the Christmas wish list for children in foster care. Kids who, on this eve of Christmas, eve of Christmas Eve, are not with their families leading into this Christmas this Sunday. So, if you can help this year, please go to ClarksChristmasKids.com and make a donation. And we pretty much wrapped up, that's a bad pun, this year's Clark's Christmas Kids. That's a good Kids. pun. I think that's a good pun. <laughs> But your donation will go to our campaign for 23, which will be our 33rd Clark's Christmas Kids. It'll be a third of a century that our generous followers have been taking care of the wishes of children at Christmas time. And I want to tell you, there's something else that you have been so generous to do. And that's to share with me where you feel I haven't done a great job. And that's why we have Clark Stinks at Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. And Chris is about to share with you some of the posts from Clark Stinks. And coming up later, I'm going to talk about a new security feature you need to know about that you need from your cell phone carrier to prevent financial crimes Well, it won't prevent financial crimes. It will reduce the chances of you being a victim of financial crimes. I'll fill you in on that later. But right now, it's time for me to be taken to school. I encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. I'm going to start out with I stink because I didn't have the button up to play the beginning of the Clark stink sounder. So what? That's not original every time. There's I, I not need, somebody in a cave <laughs> doing the Clark stink I, sounder. I need my upcoming vacation. <laughs> okay. You well, do. Krista, you have been working so unbelievably hard this month of December. As you said by your own telling, the hardest you've ever worked. <laughs> and you do stink if you don't take some time for yourself I'm going to take this time. holiday season. I have a pretty amazing life, so I'm very grateful for my job and for you. So thank you for everything this year. Okay, I'm going to start out with this, Clark Stinks. While I agree with that the medical credit companies charge outrageous interest rates to patients, many medical professionals don't even realize the 10 plus percent payment cut they are losing as well. They do actually benefit patients by fixing dental problems earlier rather than later. I treat many teeth with large decay that would need a root canal and crown if left untreated for another year or less. We can get by only with a filling for a crown if caught early. My practice does not focus on elective procedures, so almost all of the credit granted to our patients is for necessary procedures. Please consider adding a stipulation about medical necessity versus medical optionality. Nathaniel. Nathaniel, thank you. And Nathaniel mentioned something up front that I have not mentioned because I focus really on the patients, but the medical credit companies rip off the doctors and dentists and other medical professionals to the end of the earth by if the patient is billed a dollar, 
the medical professional may only get 75 to 90 cents typically because the notes are essentially discounted. And so the medical credit providers are making money at both ends of the transaction up front from the medical professional and then over time from the patient as well. It's it's like being a double bookie. <laughs> okay, Clark, you stink like my armpits, literally. I took your advice to wash my shirts in cold water only to find I was walking around with stinky t-shirts. Use warm water. Love the show, Clark. Smelly armpits. Okay, so smelly armpits. (laughs) Have you not seen the Tide commercials? Now, I can't afford to use Tide, but you know, they do the commercials about why your clothes will become clean and fresh if you wash in cold water, and several detergents now work very well in cold water. So you may be just using a detergent that doesn't have it. And so before you waste money on hot water, maybe it's the detergent that's the problem. Do you wash in cold, medium, or hot water in your house? We usually use warm. I never use cold I always use cold. Not with my teenage son. I don't use cold. No way. All right. You need to try a different detergent. No. Just just try a test. I use Kirkland Signature detergent, so I'm saving money on that. Okay. (laughs) Clark told the 51-year-old pool service business owner that the SEP IRA has $66,000 contribution limit, but failed to explain that contributions are limited to 20% of net business profits. If he wants to contribute more than 20%, he should use a solo 401k. The solo 401k has a 20% contribution component similar to the SEP IRA and also allows for additional employee contributions of $22,500 and $7,500 catch-up for ages 50 plus in 2023. Thank you so much for that. Now, this only works for the pool service owner if they are a one-person entity because the solo or self-employed 401k is for a single person company of which we have millions and millions in the country and i love the self-employed or solo 401k for those purposes they're now available from all the low-cost companies without junk fees and it's a great way for somebody to really ramp up the amount of money they're saving for their future in a big hurry and typically more than people could put aside in a SEP. But a SEP also has the advantage that you can have a SEP for your employees as well, where at no cost for administration, you're able to have a retirement plan for your employees like a big company would have. I recently heard a response to a listener writing in that made me go, huh? Someone asked a question about their college student getting a second credit card. I wonder why you advise a student just starting out in life to hold one, much less two, credit cards. It does not seem a smart way to get to start out life right off the bat with the temptation to charge purchases and go into debt. Okay, so two things here. One, when somebody's in college, they have a unique privilege that the rest of normal earthlings don't have, And that's the ability to establish a credit record much more easily than someone who did not go to college or has already finished school, whatever school they went to, because the credit card companies waive a whole bunch of rules for people in college. So what I like to do 
is for people to establish a credit standing and be fully established. I don't want them to borrow money to buy on credit cards and not pay the bill in full and pay those massive interest rates and develop bad habits. So it's two entirely different things. One is a strategy to help somebody establish credit. The second issue you bring up is if somebody can't handle that credit, then forget the fact that it's a great strategy to establish credit. They can't handle it yet. They may not be mature enough to handle it, and they shouldn't have it. So it really depends on the parent assessing the maturity or lack thereof and responsibility with money or lack thereof of the child. Krista claimed you have to be 50 or married to someone that's 50 for an AARP membership. That's not the case. Memberships are available for anyone over the age of 18 and with a hefty military discount on top of that. It's proven very worth it. The only thing I've found that you don't have access to until 50 cutoff is things like insurance, but I've successfully used it for several travel expenses in my early 30s. If you're going to share the rules, it's always good to double check them first so you're not inadvertently withholding more savings for your listeners. Jay. Jay, thank you very much. Um, Yeah, there's no meaningful age restriction at all. And you said there actually is one age 18. I've never even heard of that, but I've never heard of someone who wasn't an adult already getting an AARP card. And so there there are a variety of discounts that a very small membership fee makes you eligible for. So grab the discounts and don't wait till you have hit that magic age, like you will, Kristen, another 15 years. <laughs> Learn something new. I did not know that. So thank you, Jay. Your advice to Megan in Wisconsin, who was looking to buy a house next summer and was considering consolidating her $13,000 student loan at 10% interest was really stinky. Though she didn't say in the, her, the letter, if she's planning to buy a home, I would presume she was saving for a down payment. Megan should use part of her down payment savings to pay off the student loan, then throw everything she has, including the student loan payment she wouldn't have to pay anymore, into her down payment savings for use next summer. She saves 10% on the loan balance. She doesn't have any loans, and her credit score goes up instead of down. She wins all around. Roger. Roger, thank you. So doing what you suggested may mean a delay and buying a home. And that would be a very worthy strategy. I find that a lot of people don't want to defer the opportunity they have to buy a home and would rather manage the, the student loan debt rather than concentrate solely on wiping it out. But from a strict standpoint of what's best for the long term, doing what you suggest is better than what I said. Krista. Okay, Clark, you definitely smell a little foul, F-O-W-L. I run a large and busy meat department in a very big store. Yes, chicken, mass-produced factory farm chicken has gone down for the time being. You failed to mention that all-natural, free-range, and organic chicken has increased about 30% or more over the past year. This week, we have boneless chicken breasts and thighs for $1.49 per pound for the factory farm chicken. It's a loss leader. The all-natural chicken is the same for five sixty-nine a pound, and organic is close to eight. You owe your listeners the whole story, Regis. Regis, I was not aware of such a massive price difference between organic and free-range and factory farm chicken. Do you see prices? Because you buy the 
the organic stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you see that the prices are much higher on the organic when you yeah, shop? Yeah, they have gone up for sure. Okay. Around so, what he said, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that because, Regis, I was not aware of that major price gap. I'm a stickler for good grammar. Bad grammar to me is the proverbial fingernails on the chalkboard. You've mentioned on your podcast more than once that Christine was an English major and a stickler for grammar. So I'm surprised she hasn't brought this to your attention. Saying for free is a huge usage error and it drives me nuts. Free means for nothing. Saying for free is literally saying for, for nothing. Just say free. Drop the for part. For example, say if, if you buy a hamburger at McDonald's, they'll give you a drink free. While I'm on my rant, I'll go into continue on. Ugh. First of all, good grammar means never, ever ending a sentence in a preposition. Second of all, the on is unnecessary. Continue is all that is required. Apologies for all of this, but I'm aghast at the copy written today that is broadcast and the talking heads are the worst of all. They are far from scholars and set a bad example. Anyway, here's hoping I made a difference. Rodney. Rodney, so Krista... I said so. Is that okay, Justin? Don't worry about it. We're not scripted, though. We don't, yeah. Well, Krista gave up long ago as an English major. She used to correct my grammar. No. Uh, you did. I just would tease you. It's no, but all... you would. And because uh, we'd get the letters from English teachers and we get pronunciation. Oh, uh, yeah. I, oh, I foul up pronunciation all the time. I mean, I am. A product of uh, very low quality schooling. <laughs> it's not I've had true. to overcome that. And uh, it is an area that I have stalled out on progress on. And I'm really sorry that a lot of the phraseology I use, a lot of the sentences that I use lead you to feeling fingers on a chalkboard. Because who likes that sound? Nobody likes the sound of fingers on a chalkboard. Clark doesn't really stink, but I don't know if he appreciates texting or chat via customer service over phone calls. If given the option, I would rather communicate with my customer service through a chat or text feature if the rep isn't a bot. And I usually do not need to wait very long. I get my answers or requests fulfilled and I get to save the conversation, which I don't with a phone call. I really wish all vendors would provide text or chat features in lieu of calls. Quan. Quan, I do what you do. I don't know if you do this too, Krista. I always look when I have to deal with customer no service, I look for a chat feature. And yes, many of the largest companies now, you're chatting with a bot and the bot is an idiot usually. And then eventually you will go into a queue for a human and it's often much quicker than a phone call. And I find that the results are roughly equivalent typically to a phone call. There will be times, though, I'll be in a chat for a while and they say, oh, well, I can't help you with that. You need to call the customer no service number. So I've had that happen. But yes, going to the chat feature first is a great idea. Clark, it's almost 2023. Time to stop being a Luddite about digital statements. I agree that it's imperative to keep copies of all credit card and bank statements. However, hard drive prices have lowered to where it's affordable for almost everyone to get a cheap one terabyte drive that will store all your paper digitally until the next ice age. I've been doing this for years and have been happy to slowly regain space in my office by losing all the paper over time. 
It's a simple process to set up your own digital file cabinet on a hard drive that's yours to control and out of the cloud. By establishing a system of weekly backups that everyone in this day and age should be doing at home, you can have that info secured so that you're safe in 99% of all serious catastrophes. You should come over to the dark side. You might like it, Rebecca. Rebecca, thank you. And yes, this has come up before, and I love for someone to have a freestanding hard drive keep digital copies of records on. I think that's wonderful and it is a perfectly viable option. I don't know. It may be a flaw in how I process information. I find that I go through a paper statement much more efficiently and thoroughly than I do when I'm looking at a computer screen of a statement. And I'm more likely to miss something on a computer screen version of a statement than I am a paper statement. But that's just me. And if the digital works really well for you, do exactly that. And anyone else that really fully appreciates digital, do that instead of getting paper statements. So I want to tell you, the variety of stuff you had was really wonderful. Mm -hmm. And all the ways people choose to explain how I stink different ways. I love that. And so, we, we couldn't get to all of them as usual, but we are going to keep the Clark Stinks form open over the holidays. So we'll have plenty to come back with. Great. Remember, it's Clark.com slash Clark Stinks. Now, coming up ahead, something that really does have bad odor, when somebody tries to steal your money, and even worse odor when they succeed, I want to tell you one of the key steps to defend your identity and your money, and what you need to do straight ahead. Terribly frustrating crime is when, in the middle of the night, somebody steals your cell phone service, and you get up the next morning, and you go to use your phone, and it's dead dead. Well, why would somebody steal your cell phone service? It's all about two-factor authentication. Just about, think about just about every financial institution, brokerage house, credit union, they're all using various forms of two-factor authentication. Most often what they'll do is they're sending you a one-time use code that allows you into your account. So likely, but not necessarily because of the massive Equifax breach of years ago, criminals have deep dive personal information on you on more than half of all Americans, including your social security number. So they have the stuff they need to crack into your accounts, except the roadblock that's been in place is the two-factor authentication. So criminals have been able to trick the cell phone carriers into thinking they're you. They steal your cell phone service Typically, in the middle of the night, they do what's called a SIM swap. Your phone goes dead. Their phone goes live on your number. They go to sign into your brokerage account, retirement account, bank account, credit union account, account account, whatever. They go sign into it. The two-factor authentication comes to them. They put in that code that came to them instead of to you, and then they're off to the races trying to wire money out, steal money any way they can from your account, and you have no idea what's happened overnight. 
And the cell phone carriers have been really slow on the uptake about shutting this down. Well, now one of the three bigs has a new procedure in place. And AT&T, Verizon, get with the program. Because I haven't been able to find an equivalent from either of you. T-Mobile has a new security feature called SimBlock. And SimBlock is what the industry calls it. I don't, T-Mobile probably has some cute magenta name for it. But the idea is that if you go to a T-Mobile store or you call them on the phone, you can put in place a block that prevents someone from very easily being able to steal your cell phone service. And then in turn, you've stopped them from being able to steal your money. And so this is really, really a great step in the right direction. We need not just the three bigs to do this. We need for carriers of all shapes and sizes to do this. And uh, let's be Machiavellian for a minute. It is really to the advantage of the overpriced main carriers, AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile, to make it more difficult for somebody to move their SIM to another provider. And so you will be doing something good for your bottom line at the same time as you protect your customers from having their bank accounts and brokerage accounts and retirement accounts and accounts accounts looted. So you win and they win. Now, what happens if you do want to switch a provider with a SIM block in place at T-Mobile? You have to go through additional steps with them to verify you are who you say you are before you can switch to someone else. So you got an additional step to go through, but the purpose of that and the goal of it is to prevent the theft of the money you've worked so hard to save and invest. Krista? First question is from Albert in North Carolina. I bought a prepaid cell phone from Walmart yesterday and decided to return it today because I found a better phone for a discount. I was shocked that their system showed it's not allowed to be returned despite the fact that it's still sealed in its package. The receipt clearly states cell phones may be returned with a receipt within 14 days. The manager simply stated that the return statement on the receipt is generic and the cashier should have informed me that it's not refundable and suggested that I sell the phone online. I want people to be aware before they fall into such an ugly trap. Okay, so let me explain what's going on. When you buy a cell phone tied into a particular cell phone service at an independent retailer, Walmart, anybody like that, they will normally do a scan of the phone, which activates that phone to be live. They all do this typically because of theft problems of phones because phones have a pretty good value for people selling them, just like the manager told you to sell that one. The reality is your receipt does not have a restriction saying you can't return for a refund. And you were blown off by the Walmart manager. What I would do is file a complaint against Walmart with the Better Business Bureau, because this is something Walmart needs to fix company-wide. They need to have a notice to you that, When you buy it, it is not returnable. And in this case, because you were not notified, you file a complaint through the Better Business Bureau. Odds are Walmart will take it back and will give you a credit. 
Steven Texas says, I was shopping for an electric razor. The price on Amazon was $84.94. On Google Shopping, it said the price on Amazon was $69. When I wasn't logged into Amazon, the price was $69, but after selecting it and logging in, the price, of course, changed to $84.94. I complained, and they said to order it, and I could get a refund after I got it. I didn't like this because the pricing structure could have changed in the time it takes me to get it. Okay, so this is uh, this is the thing that we've talked about over the years, and I've not heard this verified with Amazon doing this, but it's a loyalty score, that the more loyal you are, the more you're considered not to be a comparison shopper, the higher a price you'll see from various companies. So Amazon, for some reason, Steve, has decided that you are someone who will pay a higher price based on prior shopping patterns and they stuck it to you. That's why we talk about why you use the private browsing to shop for things before you sign into an account that you normally use to see what price they're quoting otherwise. And then you see if a retailer is taking advantage of you with higher prices. Okay, and Triandis in Georgia says, I finally was able to get myself a PS5, PlayStation 5. Right. Should I opt for the accidental warranty coverage for an additional two years for $79.99? Sony currently only has a one-year warranty, and the PS5 cost me $492.19. Oh, boy, how do I answer this? Okay, let me see how I say this. All right, that PS5 that was so hard to get, and you had to pay such top dollar for, two years from now, there will be a PS6 or 7 or who knows what, or an improved PS5, and the one you've got will have lost a great deal of its remaining value. So you don't want to insure a rapidly depreciating purchase. Take advantage of the one year you get and do not pay them 80 extra dollars against the nearly 500 you paid for years two and three. I wouldn't do it. And from Brian in Florida, Clark, this isn't a question, but a travel tip I thought you'd like to know. Your podcast on Frontier prompted me. I'm one of those people who fly discount airlines and never pay any extra fees. I had accumulated some frequent flyer miles on Spirit and thought I'd better use them because they expire. I cashed them in on a very inexpensive flight recently, and they charged a $50 transaction processing fee. A $50 fee for using the free points. What a racket. So Spirit now charges you to use your frequent flyer miles. By the way, you were smart not to bite on that Frontier offer. I'm so much like you, it's scary. <laughs> the Frontier offer we were talking about was the annual pass that was $5.99, and then with International, it went to $7.99. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I am very thrifty, but I remember the thing that Gordon Bethune said forever ago. You know, he... He was the guy who turned the late great Continental Airlines around from being the worst airline on not just planet Earth, but like our entire solar system and turned it around and made it into a great airline. And I'll mess up. I'll paraphrase this. But he said, I can always make a pizza cheaper with worse ingredients till nobody wants to buy it. So that's the thing. (laughs) You got to be careful with uh, Frontier, Spirit, they both 
have had some of that happen. I compare them to Ryanair. Ryanair, which is the world's most successful airline. Ryanair in Europe, which was a copy originally of Southwest, but they've gone much harder discount. And the guy who made that into such a successful airline, O'Leary, has a trash mouth like you've never heard and says all kinds of outrageous, mean things about passengers. But they run an extremely reliable airline. And other than the meanness, do a great job. And I will know that our deep discounters have grown up when they start running reliable airlines, which so far when they are unreliable, they treat the passengers like dirt. And that's the problem. So, you know, I love discounting, but do it right. Don't do it dumb. How's that for a lesson leading into Christmas? I love it. All right. So I want to thank you so much for being with us today. I want to thank you as you've listened to us through 22, however long you have listened to us. And we're taking a Christmas break because poor Krista is beyond exhausted. I am not. And Hanukkah break. Hanukkah, yes. And so we will be back on January 3rd in honor of my oldest brother's birthday. (laughs) On January 3rd, we will be podcasting again that day. And I wish you and your family the greatest of times over these next several days. And I wish again, please, if you are not with your family and friends this Christmas season, reach out to them. It'll make you feel joy and they will feel joyous to hear from you as well. Have a great time.